0: This is the Gutsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hey,
1: everyone. We are very, very excited about this podcast. Actually, here's a fun story. When we first got started with our clinic on accident, um, we got a, a hocket and it's this ozone sauna. And we knew nothing about it. In fact, the company we bought it from didn't have a whole lot of information for us. No, we didn't. So we started looking around, trying to figure out where we could learn more about this. And the best resource we actually came across was this clinic down in Florida, I think. And uh, this guy, Dr. Minkoff, just had so much fantastic information about it
0: like he was a freaking genius yeah and we're like oh my gosh this guy is onto something he has all of these resources and all of this information it was it like blew our mind mm-hmm. like and this is like when we're like fresh right yeah fresh this was clinic. years ago three years ago yeah
1: and now here we are we actually have him on the show on the show to do an guys. interview and we are <laughs> really really excited about it so we want to welcome dr david mean welcome
0: welcome Thanks,
1: you guys.
2: I lived in San Diego for a long time. That's where you said you are, right?
0: No, we're in Utah.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're in Utah. I wish we were in San Diego. We're in the mountains of Utah where it's about to get really cold for a while.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, fun to talk to you guys. I'm I'm excited to see what, what we do today.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. You do Ironman triathlons. You like, how did you start your clinic and your practice? Because it is huge and you have your own product line. Like, how did you birth this baby that you have now?
2: When I finished medical school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I went to the University of Wisconsin and I thought I would do a rotating internship so I could delve into a little bit more of the four major areas of medicine you know, did I want to be a gynecologist? Did I want to be a pediatrician? Did I want to do internal medicine? Did I want to do surgery? So the way the program was set up was of three months of each.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was hoping by the end of that year that I'd, I'd know what I wanted to do. Right. And the program was in San Diego, UC San Diego. And the first rotation was pediatrics. And after two and a half months, the head of the program said to me, you know, you'd be a really good pediatrician. Why don't you switch from a rotating internship and and do pediatrics. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, I did. I then did uh, two more years of pediatric residency. I was chief resident there for a year. And then at the end of that period, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. And one of the guys in the infectious disease department said, you should do pediatric infectious disease because it'll give you sort of a very good background to infections and kids get infections. And so you'll know what you're doing. So I did a two-year... Two year fellowship in infectious disease, a program, that used in San Diego, a program where we did both adult and pediatric infectious disease. Mm-hmm. And this was the early, early late 70s, early 80s. Uh, the AIDS epidemic had just really started. And so the host, and also there was this Hmong population from Southeast Asia that had all arrived in San Diego County. And there were tons of exotic infections, parasitic infections, and just weird stuff. And it was sort of a very interesting place to be because we were seeing things that you normally would never see. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. And um, part of my fellowship was to do research. And I was uh, involved in what's now called ribavirin. It was one of the first antiviral drugs. Mm-hmm. And I did a paper, published a paper on that. And uh, the drug eventually became successful uh, with some of the work that we did. Amazing. I had three kids at the time, and as a pediatric resident and in a fellowship, the salary was like $16,000 a year, and Mm -hmm. I couldn't make it. Mm Wow. So I started moonlighting in emergency rooms, and there was an emergency room about an hour and a half outside of San Diego. It was over in a place called Brawley, California, Mm -hmm. which is the lettuce belt of the United States. Mm -hmm. And there was a hospital there, and the shift was a nine on Friday night to nine on Sunday morning. So oh, it was 36 hours. Gosh. Wow. And it was the Raleigh is right near a huge RV park mm-hmm. where on a average weekend, holiday weekend, there would be 70 to 75,000 people out there on four wheelers, uh, motorcycles, um, plenty of liquor. And so the emergency room would just be just stacked <laughs> really with people busy. Yeah. who had like re- really serious injuries. And when I started it, I didn't really know what I was doing with trauma medicine, but I had, there was a green beret guy who had been a green beret in, for nine years in Vietnam. And he was a nurse and a medic and he knew trauma medicine. So he, he taught me trauma medicine Uh, in the ER with, you know, people with, you know, broken everythings and chest tubes and you name it. So Mm -hmm. I got good at it and I liked it. And then eventually when I finished the fellowship, went into practice in San Diego County, doing uh, pediatrics in the office and infectious disease in the hospital. Um, And I did that for about 10 years. And then uh, we decided to move our family to Florida and um, I was looking around for places to work and I got uh, recruited by an emergency room here and actually started doing full-time emergency medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh! Along that time, my wife who's a nurse um, and has a degree in medical microbiology, she got interested in natural medicine Very and cool. started going to seminars and I wasn't really very interested in it. It just seemed like it was a little bit woo. woo, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was a, me- you know, I was a medical doctor and I'm a scientist and I'm a, you know, have specialties in multi areas. Mm-hmm. And then one day she said, there's this really good guy coming to town. His name is Jeffrey Bland. Uh, he looks real smart. And why don't you come and spend the afternoon with me and let's listen to him. Mm-hmm. And so I went and Jeffrey Bland is really the father of functional medicine. He's not a medical doctor. He's a PhD biochemist, but he's one of the smartest guys in the world. Mm -hmm. And he was able to kind of integrate nutrition and health and optimization and biochemistry in a way that's really interesting and really smart Mm -hmm. and it really kind of made sense to me and then we just got interested in it. So we would go to all kinds of seminars and, um, we had some friends. One of the things that we did was learn how to do chelation therapy, which is Mm. a way to give an IV medicine to get the mercury arsenic cadmium lead out of people's bodies Mm (laughs) Because through our environmental exposure, we get exposed, you know, we get all this stuff in us and it causes problems. And we had a few friends who had history of heart disease at young ages, their fathers had, and they wanted us to do chelation therapy. And so my wife has a home healthcare nursing business Mm -hmm. and there was an empty room in that office. And we decided that we would do these IV treatments on people and help them with, to prevent heart disease. And there was four of them and we did the chelation. Mm -hmm. And about that time I got interested in heavy metal toxicity. And I did a course uh, on that from a guy in Seattle. And I came back and started to do more, you know, started to attract more people who were interested in a non-traditional approach. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it part-time. My wife was a nurse there. We had a nurse practitioner and The practice just like really mushrooms, you know, somebody had migraines and she got better and somebody had ulcerative colitis and she got better Mm -hmm. and uh, rheumatoid arthritis and she got better. And pretty soon we rented the space next door and we renovated it. That was 3000 square feet. And then that got too small. Mm -hmm. And then we, we moved to the place where we are now where we have three buildings and a huge practice. Amazing. And mostly what we're dealing with now is people who have sort of serious chronic illness, uh, neurological things, Lyme, cancer, autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And um, so people come from all over the world because we have an array of, of uh, treatments and diagnostics that uh, very few clinics have. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it's, we've been at it now for about 20 years. And it's really fun, and it's really interesting, and we help a lot of people. Awesome. Along the way, about 10 years ago, I did a course in ozone therapy from the father of ozone, which his name is Frank Schellberger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Carson City, Nevada. I did his course, and I got really enthralled with the possibilities of ozone.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we, I started to then, as part of the course, you had to do some practicals where you had to treat so many people and send in evidence that you knew what you're doing and then get fully certified. And I got certified and so started to do like a lot of ozone. And we did prolozone, which is injecting ozone into joints and in mm-hmm. soft tissue areas where there's pain. Mm-hmm. And we started putting it into bladders for people who have like interstitial cystitis, mm-hmm. and chronic bladder pain. And we got one of the original HOCATs, And uh, started using ozone. It's a mixture of ozone in a steam sauna with infrared light and microcurrent. And the patient acceptance of that treatment was just extraordinary. So now we have four of them. I I don't think there's any other clinic around that even has two. So we Um, do tons, you know, tons of this from nine in the morning till uh, late in the afternoon. We also do a lot of IV ozone.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, in different ways. Sometimes it's with ultraviolet light. Sometimes it's with some medical dyes, but we find that it really makes a difference in lots of different problems. It's sort of one of those basic antidotes for whatever's wrong with you. It makes athletes run faster and it makes sick people feel better, uh, get over their infections and their fatigue.
0: That's what we have found because we love utilizing the, the Hockett ozone sauna in our office. And we we actually want to buy a second one because it's just so effective. And what's really amazing. And I'd like, I'd like you to expound more on like the science of ozone and how it works because you know, the fact that you're injecting it, you're using it transdermally. People are in your Hockett from morning till night. You have four of them. We have seen miracle. I don't, I don't want to say miracles, but we have seen miracles happen with the transdermal ozone. We have seen people get better faster. Like you said, people recover faster. Athletes perform better. Um, What is it about ozone that is so special? Because we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but I love that you were a very cerebral doctor who who was like, okay, natural health is woo-woo, and yet somehow became convinced through science that, no, there is absolutely something to these therapies. There's absolutely something to ozone. There's absolutely something to, like, chelation. What was it about ozone that attracted you and and made you want to get four hockets and do IV ozone and, you know, prolozone and all of that?
2: Well, really, it's, it's the patient response, like you said, it's just really high. I mean... Mm-hmm. About eighty percent. I I really started with ozone before I got the hocket was to was doing prolozone where you inject ozone into the joints, and I would have people who had chronic, long-term back pain or knee pain or neck mm-hmm. pain, and in four to six treatments, eighty percent of the patients that I saw mm-hmm. had extreme alleviation of their pain or no pain. Yeah, and they would refer people, and so I was doing like tons, you know, thousands of people per year mm-hmm. who would come in with pain and I would treat them. And then we got, I, I met the guy who was the, the guy who put the hocket together and he came to our clinic and he said, really, you should do this. It's wonderful. And we started doing and we don't even advertise it really. The patient word of mouth on how good it is just basically fills up the machines. Mm-hmm. And so we had one and then we had two and then we had three and now we have four and I don't have any more room for more, but <laughs> the, they're basically they're occupied all day long and patients love it. And we usually do uh, two a week among all the other ozone that we use mm-hmm. uh, for patients. And, and they, they like it. I love that. Now, Ozone is really an interesting, you know, if, when I talk to patients and I say, have you ever heard of ozone? They <laughs> said, Oh yeah, the ozone layer. Yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs>
2: so, so, okay. The ozone, you know, the air that we breathe is O2 and about uh, 18 or 20% of our, of the air depending, depending on where you live is O2 and we mm-hmm. breathe it and it allows our bodies to live.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but ozone is O3. Now the ozone layer occurs because The O2 in the upper atmosphere, when it gets hit by lightning, the O2 molecules split apart into two O1s. And O1s are very unstable. They won't exist for more than a millisecond. Mm -hmm. And they will either recombine with another O1 to make an O2, which is very stable, or they will jump on an O2 and form O3 which is what ozone is. So it's three ozone, it's three oxygen molecules. It's a charged particle, so it's an ion. It's a. It has a negative charge on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, most of the contaminants that are in the atmosphere and that are in our body, environmental toxins, most of them have a positive charge. Mm-hmm. Heavy metals have a positive charge. Yep. So if you put together an O3 minus with a plus, you can cause it to bind. And so ozone is good as a detoxifier. It will, t- it will bind with things and neutralize them. Mm-hmm. Um, with all this COVID stuff going on, we have a lot of ozone machines in our office which work on the air. Mm-hmm. They put ozone into the air because it's a good purifier and it yep. will kill viruses. Yeah. We use it in our home too, just mostly when we're not there, because ozone breathes is kind of irritating. But when you're not there, you turn the ozone machine on yep. and it clears the air of odors and of virus and other types of particles. Yep. So that's one of the things it does. The other thing that ozone does is it's a a able to improve mitochondria. So mitochondria are the area in the cell where energy is made. And the way energy is made is that one of the B vitamins called niacin can shuttle electrons from one thing into something else, and that's how we get energy. Yeah. And ozone resets this balance of NAD and NADH. These are, This is the B vitamins, vitamin B3, mm-hmm. so that it's available to pick up energy when the body makes it. And most of us, the ratio isn't optimized. And the, so the process is slow. Mm -hmm. So if the NAD is not ready to get an NADH, if the NADH is still stuck on there, it can't take a new particle to make energy and ozone resets that it's supposed to be about 600 to one. And so you see people get more energy and you see their brain and their kidneys and their livers, function better because the cell can actually make energy better. Exactly. And in athletes, it can make a huge difference. Like all you're giving in this person is O3. You're giving them ozone. Yeah. When I first started this, I decided to, so I one of my hobbies is to do Ironman triathlons. Mm-hmm. And I work out on devices where I can track like on a bicycle, like how many watts of power I can generate at what heartbeat, and and I could get a, a good, you know, I had a good idea of what my capabilities were. Mm-hmm. So before I did, started taking the ozone, I did a test where I worked at my, just below my anaerobic threshold, which is the amount of energy that my body could generate without going into cramps and muscle spasms. It's a, it's something I could hold for a while. And my mm-hmm. anaerobic threshold was 162 beats per minute on my heart. And I did a test for half an hour at 158. So it's near threshold, but I could hold that for hours. Uh, and I kept track while I was doing it of the amount of watts that I was generating on the bike and what my heart rate was. So my heart rate's 158. I was doing 200 Watts of power on my bike and I did it for 30 minutes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I then did 10 ozone treatments. This, this was called major autohemotherapy. It was, you take blood out, you add ozone to it, you put it back in. Mm-hmm. And then I did the test again. I did a half hour. And I found that now my heartbeat at 200 Watts, was 137 beats per minute instead of 158 beats per minute. Amazing. Wow. Now amazing. that is a huge difference.
0: That's ginormous. And
2: when I kicked it up to 158 beats per minute, I was doing 215 watts versus 200, versus 200 watts, that's which amazing. is a huge difference. It's a big time difference in a race mm-hmm. if you can average 15 watts of power um, more than you did before. Yeah. So that was that's impressive. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ozone actually also, it it helps with the antioxidant system. So it detoxifies and it improves energy, it helps with antioxidants and it's healing. I don't, it, it triggers a healing response. So if you take someone with a wound, with a flesh wound and say you put them in the whole cat, the, the healing will occur much faster. Mm-hmm. The skin will regenerate much faster. Yep. Uh, I think that's what happens when you put it in bladders and put it in joints. It turns on a new healing cycle that the cell can then fix what's wrong.
0: And and my question is because people are always asking when they, before they start their treatments in the hocket, they're like, well, what, what can I expect from this? And what I have found is that the body prioritizes different things in different people. So some people that are overstimulated, it will help to calm their nervous system, right? So that they sleep better. Some people that are extremely fatigued, they are now energized afterwards. And it's probably because the body and the cells are prioritizing different systems that are lacking in function, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, I think you're totally right. And, and so... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> No, so each person has a different experience. And then with the hocket, you can also, you can, we start people low because when they first get exposed to ozone, we don't want them to get too much reaction. Exactly. The ozone will kill bacteria. It mm-hmm. will kill viruses, mm-hmm. you know? So if this person has a big load of mycoplasma or Lyme or, mm-hmm. you know, yes. chicken pox or other viruses, it's, it's gonna take them out right. and you can get a die off reaction. So we usually start them at low concentration and low heat the hocket is a it's an ozone sauna so it's a steam sauna so as they get more as they get more tolerant to it we go up i mean some mm-hmm. people like it at maximum heat and yeah. maximum ozone yep and um but i wouldn't start someone up at first cuz i don't want to kind of produce an alarm response in their body from the treatment right i want exactly. it to be all on the good side
0: Exactly. So my question for you is this, cause I've only had two people ask me this question and it's such a good question. And I'm so impressed when they do. Um, ozone is antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, right? How does it not kill the good guys? Because it's, it, it kills everything, but how is it selective or is good bacteria? Does it interact differently with ozone? What would you say to people that are asking those questions?
2: Our own cells Have in the cell membrane an enzyme which is called peroxidase Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and is able to neutralize ozone. Mm -hmm. So, if ozone is causing free, comes in as a free radical, Mm -hmm. it's neutralized by the peroxidase. And so, it's not harmful to our cells. It actually goes in as oxygen. Whereas bacteria and viruses don't have peroxidases. So, when they get hit by it, it's like a peroxide, it's like a Mm -hmm. disinfectant. Yeah, and it causes reactions. Now, most likely, you know, our our white blood cells, our neutrophils, when they surround bad bacteria, let's say you get a bacteria in your in some area of your body, and your neutrophils, your white blood cells, go after the the bacteria, the um, they surround them and they blitz them with chemicals that will kill them, and they use peroxides and they probably use ozonides too, ozones as to do it, so to the body, it's a very, it's a known thing.
3: Yeah, you know, it isn't a
2: foreign thing. Right, that's and so cool. I think that the the body's acceptance of known things is very high. Yes. if you're sticking a, you know, a chemical, an antibiotic,
0: or mm-hmm.
2: you know, a chemical antiviral, these are foreign. They kill everything. Yes. they can damage everything.
0: Oh, I've never. Whereas even of ozone that way. is
2: very safe. Um, you know, other than breathing it, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can breathe it if you put it through water or olive oil or something, but mm-hmm. otherwise the rest of the tissues accept it very well yeah. and it doesn't cause any harm.
0: That's really cool. I never even thought of it So like
1: that. A- another concern that we get a lot from people is, wait, isn't ozone a measure of pollution in the air? So if ozone is a pollutant, why are we wanting to put it all over ourselves?
2: Well, it's not really a pollutant. It's It actually helps with pollution because if you take the the, and the ozone layer, actually it's a protectant. Mm-hmm. Like this ozone layer is maintained by the lightning strikes around the planet, yeah. planet which occur, you know, hundreds of times per second. Mm-hmm. And it builds up this ozone layer, which filters UV light. Like above Australia, the ozone layer is thin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the risk of burning there and sun radiation poisoning is much higher. So it's really not a... A harmful thing to us as long as the dose isn't too much and as long as it's delivered in the right place. If you go in a room that's had an ozone machine on, an ozone air machine on, in uh, a high degree, and you breathe it, it will cause irritation to your lungs. So, right. in that sense, it's bad, but the rest of the tissue is accepted. Mm-hmm. And it's used in swimming pools for disinfectant. It's used for water disinfection. Yep. It really is not a damaging or a dangerous chemical.
0: I think we are trending in that direction where people are now recognizing that ozone. I, I don't know if you've noticed this. You, you probably have, but there's a huge trend where people are now accepting ozone therapy as like a mainstream therapy. And it's getting a lot of attention in the media, especially since COVID, because certain clinics were using it to help their patients uh, handle COVID and recover from COVID. Have you been able to utilize ozone for any, um, I don't know if you guys do treat people that are coming in with COVID or anything. Have you used ozone to help them with that?
2: We decided when COVID first started, since most, three quarters of our patients come from out of town town. somewhere Mm -hmm. and they come for serious illness that we weren't going to treat any COVID and we were going to screen people very carefully so that we, you know, people coming to our clinic felt safe. So Mm -hmm. I haven't personally used it, but you're right. There there's clinical trials going on. There's a hospital in Miami that's doing a clinical trial with ozone. There's a bunch of them in South America. There's a bunch of them Mm -hmm. um, over in China that are using ozone uh, to help with COVID and the results I've seen have been very positive and it just, it makes sense.
0: So I haven't done it myself. So if someone was diagnosed with COVID, um, you obviously can't like diagnose or you obviously can't say, hey, this is your protocol. But would you tell them get in the hocket as soon as possible, as often as possible?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's very workable. It's very safe. And, you know, with some other nutrient things, Mm -hmm. you know, some quercetin, some zinc, some vitamin C. These things all complement each other and make sure that your vitamin D level is, Mm -hmm. you know, for sure above 50. We like to keep people between 70 and 90 Mm -hmm. because these things make a huge difference and they reduce your chance of getting it. And if you've got it, they improve your chances Mm -hmm. of getting better.
0: Mm -hmm. So you said before you treat a lot of people with Lyme disease. Have you found, because when we used to treat people with Lyme, we used the combination of ozone and hyperbaric. And so have you found that transdermal ozone is strong enough just to treat Lyme or would you recommend like IV ozone or like what, what are some things that you would recommend to people that have Lyme if, I mean one, go out to your clinic and do treatments. But if they can't do that, what are your recommendations as far as ozone goes? Is transdermal strong enough? Do they need to do IV? Do they need to do it rectally? How intense do they need to get with these ozone protocols?
2: Well, the people that I'm seeing are usually, you know, they've been sick for a long time and they often have a lot of other things. They have neurological problems. They have a lot of GI problems. Uh, they may have, you know, a lot of inflammatory things in their joints and sometimes in their heart and their lungs. Mm-hmm. So we are using both. Uh, we usually do three IBO ozones a week mm-hmm. with a couple of hockets a week. Uh, we have, uh, three hyperbaric spaces right now. So we're doing, we usually do hyperbaric on them also. That's awesome. And so, you know, our average patient has been to 13 doctors about eighty five percent of those patients through our program, it usually lasts somewhere between two and four months. they get better.
0: It's amazing. so
2: I think you know there's herbs and there's nutrition and there's gut restoration. you know we're mm-hmm. doing everything mm-hmm. but I think their their chance of getting better are very high.
0: yes. I love that. you. I didn't realize you guys had hyperbarics mm-hmm. too. Did you know that, Tris? Yeah. I didn't know that because when we were doing Hocket with hyperbaric, our results were amazing with Lyme. They were so, so amazing. Um, yeah. Our Currently our hyperbarics have been shut down, uh, but we are working on uh, working with the government right now to get them reopened. And we're negotiating back and forth because they're like, you're not medical doctors. And we were like, well, people that are coming in are getting prescriptions from doctors. So that that's the back and forth that we're going with right now. Um, but, but man, combining ozone and hyperbaric was like one of the most powerful things I saw in our clinic at the time, because like just oxygen therapies in general to help, you know, our bodies, they thrive off of oxygen. You know, there's the saying you can live without food for like two weeks. You can live without water for two days, but you can't even like go without oxygen for like two to five minutes, right? Or something like that. Like oxygen is a nutrient and it's so important and it's so healing too. And so when we combine these therapies that like hyperdose you on oxygen, you know, you were saying with, with ozone, it helps stimulate mitochondrial function. Well, we need oxygen for mitochondrial function, right? Like everything goes back to the optimization of oxygen and energy to heal the body, to have the body heal itself, to have these cells heal themselves, right? That's why these therapies are so, so powerful.
2: Yeah. And they turn on stem cells too. So you get, yes. you get a rejuvenation, yes. you know, you, you don't just get healing of existing tissue, but you get rejuvenation where mm-hmm. the body that is turning on new younger cells Yes, to, to make the function better.
0: Um, I, I loved your story in the beginning where you, like I said, you were this very cerebral doctor and you're like, Oh, all of this stuff is so hokey going from such a medical background to where you are now. Um, you know, it just gives so much weight that a very educated person, you know, this is all scientific. This is all science. This isn't hokey. There's reasons for why the body interacts with these therapies the way they do. Who was the the biologist or the biochemist that you mentioned that changed you? What was his name?
2: His name is Jeffrey Bland.
0: Jeffrey Bland. What was it about him? What were the conversations around what he was talking about? What was it that changed your opinions on this world of alternative healing
2: well it's really what you said i mean he's a science guy he's a biochemist he worked with linus pauling Mm -hmm. you know he's a he was able to take the biochemistry which was an accepted known to me like this Mm -hmm. is science this is true Mm -hmm. this is real yeah and then look at a problem of someone who had a symptom of they had high blood pressure Mm -hmm. or they had. heart disease or they had diabetes mm-hmm. and say, okay, we have an altered biochemistry here. Yes. And then what altered that biochemistry? Well, there's a toxic influence and there's a deficiency influence. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, we put together this mixture. He re- was originally working with this uh, with metagenics. And he said, well, we have these powders and you could take this powder and you can take guys who, You know, they weighed this much and their cholesterol was this much and their body fat was this much. And Mm -hmm. then we put them on this program, a nutritional program for three months. And then we measured all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then look what happened to them. Yeah. You know, their body fat went down, their (laughs) energy went up, their, you know, blood pressure went down.
3: Yeah.
2: I was like, well, that's really interesting. Mm
3: -hmm. And very scientific.
2: (laughs) And very scientific. And I think, you know, occasionally I, I've been asked, there's a, a local medical school where I am, where with a residency program mm-hmm. and where I would like, would you come talk to the residents about what you do? So mm-hmm. the last time I did it, I went in there and I talked to them about kind of what our approach, like what is really wrong with someone that presents to you with a symptom. Right. And when you use the medication that you learn how to use,
3: mm-hmm
2: did you really make an impactful difference in the guys overall biology and health right. so that they got better? Like mm-hmm. your person with high blood pressure or high cholesterol or osteoporosis, they weren't born that way. It's mm. not a genetic disease, yep. mm-hmm. but they've had this condition for five years. So there must've been some change between the time when they were fine to the time when they weren't Yeah, fine.
0: My mom always and calls it kitchenetics. It's not genetics, it's kitchenetics, right? It's what yeah, what so happened what, in the kitchen or at McDonald's <laughs> that turned that yeah, genome. So know. what happened
2: with them? So what if we measured these things mm. and we could show, you know, your balance of omega-6 to omega-3 fats is Mm -hmm. 24 to 1, and it should be 3 to 1. Right. Your magnesium level should be this and it's that. Your zinc Mm -hmm. should be this and it's that. You're missing all these amino acids. Exactly. What if we approach the problem? Now, so if you have life-threatening hypertension, go on the medication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we see it as a Band-Aid that is temporary till we could get the body to heal, Mm -hmm. maybe we could get the body to heal. And then if we approach it in that way, it reduces to this simplicity of there are things in the body that shouldn't be there and there are things missing from the body that should be there. And if you can figure out what those things are and restore them, Mm -hmm. then the physiology gets back to the way it's supposed to be. And the guy doesn't need his medicines anymore. Mm -hmm. He's not depressed and tired and in pain. And he looks at you like, wow, I feel 20 years younger. And you have me on some supplements, and mm-hmm. we did some ozone, and we did some hyperbaric oxygen or pulse magnetic field, or mm-hmm. you know, we did a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and we're able to restore the physiology back to where he should be. I love it, and he was good. So, yeah. I took so I brought this model to this group of residents, and I gave them a bunch of examples of how we had done that with people, mm-hmm. and that they no longer needed the pharmaceuticals. And the problems that came from the pharmaceuticals that they that ultimately everyone who takes them suffers from, the side yes. effects.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the senior guy in the back of the room, the instructor, their sort of preceptor,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he raised his hand to me and he said, I've got a question. Or I actually I have a confession.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: I said, Okay, what is it? <laughs> and he said, after listening to you. It seems like what I've been, what I learned and what I've been teaching for the last 20 years is completely backwards. Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. It's a rough okay, moment, was, though. Said, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's true. So now that doesn't mean that modern medicine is all bad mm-hmm. or that there aren't life-saving treatments that could help someone right. bail them out. They're right. wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the middle of a heart attack. Go to a good hospital. Please, Yes. And get fixed or get your appendix out or, you know, if you need a C-section, get one.
0: Exactly. But if
2: you have what ails most people, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, Mm -hmm. no energy, can't sleep, anxious, Mm -hmm. depressed, osteoporosis. I mean, these are the things that ruin people's lives. Mm -hmm. Medications just don't fix those things and they never will. Right. So here's the guys that's,
0: Oh, sorry, that go ahead. Wrong. <laughs> so so no, here's my question. Where did we go wrong? Because, you know, you've had your one foot in each door. And like, why are doctors not learning this in medical school? Because I feel like our nation, you know, we've used more medications than ever in the history of America. And we're the sickest we have ever been. And I'm curious as to why medical doctors are not picking up on this. Like, why are they not seeing well, the disconnect?
2: It's getting better. I mean, we were the... We were the second sort of integrative medicine clinic in our area, and now there's six. Amazing. Wow. Okay, know, good. So people are catching on, and yes. these guys are smart. You know, mm-hmm. they're good doctors, and they've seen the light, and they want to do it. So that's, so that's great. a good thing. That's really um, great. It's also interesting. Know, medical school curriculums are... You know, they're financed by pharmaceuticals. Exactly. And so you're going to get their stuff. And I've had a lot of people come into me because I have people come and, you know, they'll spend a day or two with me and shadow me. And they said, you, you know, I'd really love to go to medical school.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'm going to get brainwashed for four years. Yes. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. be in a residency program for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I said, look, there isn't any other way to do it really. Mm-hmm. Like in Florida, some of the naturopathic, Uh, medical schools are really good and there are states that have naturopathic medical training where they have licenses where they can do everything that I'm talking about Mm -hmm. but like in Florida there is no naturopathic medical board there was one that got disbanded and you can't practice it Mm
3: -hmm. so
2: if you want to work in this medical area and give people these treatments um, you kind of have to just grit your teeth. A lot of the first couple years of medical school are basic science and it's all valid. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good biochemistry. And the second two years, usually you're watching other people or you're participating yourselves in sort of what the modern treatment regimen is in Mm -hmm. hospitals or clinics. Mm -hmm. But I think even as an education, you learn what not to do and you learn what the, you know, you learn the pharmaceutical part of medicine right. and sometimes it can help you or bail you out.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's, it's better to know it than it is to not know it or pretend that there isn't any benefit to it because right. neither, neither of those are really true. Right.
0: Um, we, we interviewed Dr. Anna Becca a couple of weeks ago and I love how she hinted that, you know, medical schools are funded by pharmaceutical companies and there is a slight conflict of interest there <laughs> you know and i think as you know patients as people that are sick we need to recognize that and you know yes there is some benefit to medicine but but we also need to recognize that there is a business aspect of this too and to you know it's it's okay to doctor shop and find a doctor that matches your philosophies. I always say, we are not doctors just I, We're not your doctors. Don't, don't replace your doctor with us, but find a doctor to be on your team. We can be on your team too, but find someone who speaks your language and will help you heal the way that you need and listens to you and doesn't just put you in a box, right? Meets with you for five minutes and puts you on like Prozac or something. And so, um, because, you know, it's, it's like you said, things are changing, but for us as the as the patients, sometimes it's not fast enough, and it's okay to fire the doctors that don't work for us. You know what I mean, or work with us. Hundred um, percent. Right. Hundred percent. Okay. I, yeah.
2: I mean, I think I think that what you said is really important. You have to interview or look around yeah. and find somebody who's gonna first look at, you know, how do you, how do you get helped best. Mm-hmm. and not saddle you with some idea that you're stuck forever and you can't ever get better and there isn't yeah. anything to do about it to take my drug or I won't see you right I, I mean I think there are a lot of doctors that do that and that's not right and it's not good medicine
0: no it's, it's not you know
2: there's organizations out you know the American Academy of Ozone Therapy or mm-hmm. American College for Advancement of Medicine or the American College of Environmental Medicine these are all groups of Uh, medical doctors and chiropractors and naturopaths and nutritionists who have at least one thing in common that there is another way to do this Mm -hmm. that's probably better and that can help no matter what's wrong with you. And that you go to these resources for looking for a solution to your problem if it's not, you know, if you're not in the middle of a dire emergency.
0: Right. Exactly. I love that. In the middle of a dire emergency. Exactly. That's yeah. where medicine serves us the best, right? Your arms cut off, go to the hospital, right? Um, right. Ozone therapy is something you guys use in your clinic. Um, what are some of your other most favorite treatments that you guys are using? And who is like your perfect, like people that are seeking out your clinic are those that have chronic issues, Lyme. What are, What is your your target market when it comes to your
2: clinic? It's sort of a. It's. It's. They, they all have chronic illness. They may mm-hmm. be mold toxic,
0: or mm-hmm. they've got an
2: autoimmune disease. They've got lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or mm-hmm. Sjogren, something like that. Oh man, uh, I would we've love- seen tons of.
0: Sorry, I, I was going to say, I would love to do a podcast with you on mold toxicity sometime because that's a growing area of concern that people are recognizing and nobody knows how to treat it. Modern medicine has no idea what to do with this, right? Because it's all these bizarre symptoms that, um, right. do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah.
2: I mean, 60% of the public buildings are mold toxic. And, yes. And people live and work. Yesterday, I was in a, I was in a crate, a crate and barrel. My wife and I were shopping for a couch. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the doorway, I could smell the stacky battress mold mm. coming out of that thing that was so strong. Now we oh had God. masks on because you're not yeah. allowed to go in there without a yeah. mask. Yeah. And there was a particular couch that she wanted to look at. So we walked in there. But after about five minutes, I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. I don't know how these people are even work in here. And I said to the to the saleswoman, I said, Can't you smell the mold in here? <laughs> I says, no, I don't notice anything. Oh man. Well, it's killing you.
0: Um, yep. Yeah, it's terrible. It's so toxic.
2: So, so toxic. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of cancer too. I mm-hmm. mean, most of the people unfortunately come to us after they've been through the ringer on yeah. um, regular therapies. But mm-hmm. um, do you guys do have really some pretty
0: well amazing with outcomes with your cancer patients?
2: We do. We do. That's I mean, awesome. it, it's it's way better than what they're what they were going through. Yes. So I mean, cancer is a very difficult disease, and but we have approaches to it which are really helpful and which extend people's life and mm-hmm. extend their quality of life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm this is a fascinating area for me, um, just because they so the biochemistry of cancer is so interesting. Yeah, uh, we see lots of Lyme patients from all over the place. They come from you know Honolulu and Scandinavia and mm-hmm. Canada and. Los yeah. Angeles, so we're really good at Lyme. Awesome. Um, I also am. We're doing a lot of neurological disease. You know, people with premature dementia or Parkinson's. We mm-hmm. get massive results with Parkinson's disease.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. You know, as long
2: as they're not, you know, three breaths before they're dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And people with neuropathies, you yeah, know, numb hands or mm-hmm. weakness. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of change you can make in those people that can really help them. So
0: that's so. Awesome. Those are
2: things that are that. You know, most people go into sort of an apathetic mode because they've utilized their doctor yeah. to the extent that he's been able to help them. Yeah. And they're given the idea that if they tried anything else, they would be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Really, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the wrong attitude. So because wrong. Mm-hmm. These guys, a lot of them can get a lot better. And it doesn't take that long. You know, we're not talking about a five-year program. No. We usually see very big changes in two to four months.
0: Yeah. Yep. And
2: and, how, and uh,
0: how important would you say nutrition is in that? Because for me, nutrition is vital, right? It's so important to change the lifestyle, to change the fuel and the chemistry that you're putting in your body. Is nutrition a massive part of what you guys utilize as well?
2: It's a massive part. Nutrition and supplementation. And then the other thing which is which is very rarely looked for mm-hmm. by regular medicine or dentistry is that many people have toxic stuff going on in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And unless you fix their, you know, you get rid of their root canal teeth mm-hmm. and their cavitations mm-hmm. and their bad gums and their, um, you know, their mercury, mercury they, they will not get that early. Yep. So yep. I have a group of dentists that I refer to who are really up on this stuff and it makes a huge difference Amazing. and um, it's generally ignored in regular medicine and regular dentistry.
0: Right, right. Well, oh my gosh. I almost want to like fly out to your clinic and just like do all the things because it's just so cool. And I feel like, do you ever train doctors? Do you ever do trainings and seminars? Like how, how do people find you? How do they get trained by you? How do they find your books and your, cause you have your own product lines, you have your own supplements, your proteins. Um, Tell all of our listeners how they can find you, what other things you do and sell books that you have written because you've written, how many books have you written? Just one or two? Uh,
2: just one, lots of articles. I, I lecture a lot at meetings like, like right now, the it's called best answer for cancer. There, are national meetings uh, going on now virtual. Amazing. If you go to best answer um, I'm actually hosting a a Q and a session today between five and six 30, Amazing. but it's open to cool. the public. Um, if you have cancer or you have family members that have cancer and you want to see how cancer is done in a completely different way that is humane treatment, uh, I jump on that meeting. It's today and tomorrow. Um, uh, American Academy of Ozone Therapy is a, has a very good website and a great meeting. I usually speak at that. So I'm, I'm speaking a lot. I don't, I occasionally have residents come in to shadow me, but we're, I don't usually do direct training that mm-hmm. way. It's usually from other things. Other bodyhealth.com is our nutrition company, just bodyhealth.com. Mm-hmm. There's tons of uh, YouTube videos and, um, and information on the products that we manufacture. Yep. And in your my clinics web.
0: Oh, sorry. I was going to say in your clinic, it's the life wellness. Life works. Life works. Mm-hmm.
2: Wellness center. LifeWorksWellnessCenter.com Okay. there's LifeWorksWellnessCenter.com. There's a lot of, there's tons of videos on there and interviews and articles. And we do a newsletter and you can sign up for the newsletter on there. That's, uh, you know, we have, uh, I don't know, 60 or 80,000 people that get that every week. Amazing. So it's, uh, I'm all about information and getting as much truth as I know out to people so mm-hmm. that they can utilize it and help themselves and their friends.
1: Speaking of that, you have a book that you have published recently, and it's called The Search for Their Perfect Protein. Is that right? Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit about what that book is about and um, what people need to know about protein.
2: Okay. Yeah, Search for the Perfect Protein. It's on on Amazon available. If you go to bodyhealth.com, you can actually download the PDF free. Cool. Uh, the book is, a, is one of the things that I never learned in medical school and the brief nutrition I had was about proteins and amino acids and how they work and how important they were. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing Ironman triathlons, and uh, this is about 10 or 12 years ago, and I uh, pulled a hamstring muscle in my training. Mm-hmm. And I did everything I could think of to rehab it. I did massage and chiropractor and injections and ultrasound. Like I had a bit, va- I could get anything I wanted and I did it. And it didn't really give me a fully healed muscle where I could push it hard and not worry that I was going to tear it more.
3: Mm-hmm, right.
2: And I had a friend say, hey, try these. And it was an amino acid mixture. And I tried taking them and after about six weeks, my leg dull pain went away. I went out to the track. I tried pushing it, it was fine. And I, it healed. Mm -hmm. So I got really interested in amino acids and what they do and how they work and how uneducated I was. Mm -hmm. And I started in my clinic to measure amino acid blood levels in mm-hmm. everyone that I saw. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing some high end athletes and then all these other people who are sick yeah. and virtually all of them had major deficiencies in their amino acid levels yeah. in their blood. Yeah. Now amino acids for the people who aren't familiar with this are, there's 22 of them in the body. They act like an alphabet. So you can put them together in different sequences and different combinations, and you can get different proteins because proteins are made out of amino acids. Yeah. And some proteins have, you know, 75 or 80 amino acids like growth hormone or insulin. Mm-hmm. And some proteins have thousands, like the muscle protein actin. Yes. has 5,600 amino acids in one muscle fiber. So they can be very complicated, or very simple. Yeah, oh. And then if you have deficiencies of amino acids, your body is not going to be able to make new amino acids or right. make new proteins, heal proteins, mm-hmm. make enzymes, uh, make bone, make neurotransmitters, as good as if you had the right amount. Right. And I found that was what my problem was. I didn't have enough to keep up with. I'm, you know, I'm exercising 20 hours a week and I'm working 50 hours a week. And the Schedule was just out the top and there was too much demand and not enough where my body was able to heal it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when I added the amino acid, they healed. Well, so amazing. after years and years of following people, you know, and measuring these levels, what I found that most people aren't eating, Either they're not eating the right combination of foods to get the amino acids that they need, but virtually 100% of people that we see in the clinic have a problem with digestion absorption. They've got leaky gut, they've got not enough stomach acid, they don't have enough enzymes, and you get this sort of uh, catch-22 where you can't fix it because you don't have the thing to fix it, and then it gets worse because you can't fix it. Mm -hmm. And so I started giving people uh doses of these essential amino acids. The product is called perfect amino. I, mm-hmm. I named it perfect amino because it's a perfect combination of amino acids I love it. that the body can utilize. And the book is about that and it's very practical. It's not a scientific book really. It's a very practical book that anyone could read on getting educated on how does your body work and how do amino acids play into that and what can you do to help yourself in this area, mm-hmm. I love it. So, man, you, it's-
0: you, you speak your language. <laughs> All of that. I'm just like, yes, preach, preach, preach. Because I just did a poll on Instagram asking, like, how many people have digestive issues? And I think so far it's 89% of people that voted have digestive issues. Like, almost everyone has digestive issues. And it's because of our lifestyles and the processed foods and the antibiotics and the inflammatory stuff that we eat and the sprays that we're, you know, that we're exposed to and glyphosate and, and like, and I always say, if you don't digest, you don't, like if you're not digesting, you're not absorbing. And if you're not absorbing, you're not healing, you know? So it's great that you've come up with a product that can kind of like help speed up that process of that healing so that they can absorb and digest optimally again. So that's really cool.
2: Yeah. I mean, the gut, you know, there's this thing in the body called protein turnover mm-hmm. where tissues get stressed or injured and they have to be repaired or grow new ones. And yes. So one of the one of the most important areas of protein turnover are it's the inner lining of, of your the intestine.
0: gut. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Doesn't so it turn you over you every two, two to three days?
2: Amin- it, yeah. If you don't have enough amino acids, mm-hmm. your, your gut turnover should be like every three or four days. You get a right. new lining. Right. If there's deficiencies, if you don't have enough, it might be every seven or eight days or mm-hmm. nine or 10 mm-hmm. days. Right. And when the gut has this injury, it leaks.
0: Yes. And when it
2: leaks, it lets things in you that shouldn't go in you.
0: Exactly.
2: So then the rest of the system sees the bad bacteria and funguses and parasites and toxins that should be screened by healthy gut. Mm-hmm. And if you just had some amino acids, you could then heal your gut and get your protein turnover where it should be.
0: Exactly. You
2: know, someone works out and they work out hard and then they can't lift for another week. Right. It's a problem in protein turnover. Yes. I can tell you doing Ironman training, when I'm dosing the amino acids properly Mm -hmm. with the rest of my nutrition, the soreness the next day is very little. Yes. Like you can actually recover faster. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of pro athletes that use this product because it just makes them stronger,
0: faster. Amazing. And just to give uh, listeners kind of like a, a reference to how fast that turnover is in your gut, your skin turns over every 30 days. So, you know, we think that our skin is a fast regenerative organ, but our gut is even faster than that. And that's how important it is. I always say the gut is the root system to the tree. So if the root system is sick, the rest of the tree is sick, right? If it's dying, if it's not repairing, the rest of the tree is dying and not repairing, and then you don't produce good fruit. And so it's so important that we are getting, like we're absorbing those proteins, we're getting those proteins, and we're helping our guts heal so that the rest of our our tree system can be okay too, so... Um, Dr. Minkoff, thank you so, so much. Is there anything else that you want to ask him, Tris? Uh,
1: No, but I I do want to highly recommend that people go check out bodyhealth.com, see some of these perfect amino products they've got. They're they're not your typical protein powders. Um, They are very, you can tell just by looking at the label that they have been very specifically formulated Mm -hmm. to achieve a, a very specific outcome. So- uh, there's also a 20% off coupon when you get to the website. So check that out too.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Dr. Minkoff, thank you so much for your time, for your knowledge. I'm so grateful for doctors like you that think out of the box and, you know, marry medicine to alternative holistic approaches. And uh, with your knowledge and your experience, you are helping save so many lives and helping people um, live healthier, more fulfilled lives by helping their bodies heal. So thank you for your knowledge and your expertise and sharing that with the world because uh, we absolutely need that. We need we I, I love hearing from doctors that yes, this work is important and yes, people should pursue it because alternative means to healing can be done. So thank you again.
2: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And thanks for what you guys are doing. Cause you get this information out to thousands and thousands of people and that's how we changed. You know, this is a, we're evolving a planet in a, in a more sane direction. That's and so true. the more of us that put our shoulder to this wheel, we can change things and we can make things better.
0: Yes, so much. Yes. Thank you so much. And you know, and as parents, because a lot of parents listen to this podcast, like we're, we're changing the world for our children because I've said this in so many episodes too, but our kids are the sickest they've ever been. Like us, like we, our generation, you know, people in our 30s and 40s, we are expected to outlive our parents, you know, because of the aid of medicine. But our children are not expected to outlive us because their health that they're inheriting and the planet that they're inheriting is very toxic for them. And so with your message and with podcasts like this and people wanting to expand their their nutritional knowledge, you know, maybe we can turn that around for our children and not have them be so sick, not have them have so many allergies. Because I mean, we're seeing eight-year-olds with digestive issues, you know, 12-year-olds with like, you know, doctors putting them on PPIs and it's just insane. It's just insane what our children are going through now. And it needs to, like something needs to change. And so, um, thank you listeners for listening and wanting to help us perpetuate this message. Thank you, Dr. Minkoff for educating us today and educating other doctors like you and helping change the world. We really, we love that and we appreciate it so much.
2: Absolutely. You're welcome. And you guys are gutsy and keep it going.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much until next time, you guys
2: see y'all later.